Welcome, everyone. You're listening to This Is Hockey Culture, an SB Nation podcast where we break down the most pressing news circulating the NHL by examining the intersections of politics, identity, sports, and culture in order to define what makes hockey, hockey. I'm Kathy Trey, and this week we have a special co-host guest, Chanel Keenan, who is the intersectionality consultant for the Seattle Kraken and also a very good friend of mine. So enjoy this week's episode with myself, Chanel Keenan, and a great conversation ahead of us. Women's professional hockey is complicated in North America, to say the least. From the 2017 U.S. Women's National Team boycott to sudden rebrands a la Premier Hockey Federation, there is a lot to talk about with women's hockey. But today, we're going to talk about the complicated landscape of the Premier Hockey Federation, the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, and the role of the NHL in the development of a singular, sustainable women's pro hockey league in North America. Recently, both the PWHPA and PHF have shared the big screens, but recently, the PHF has secured a season of streams on ESPN Plus and Twitch. One might think that that's excessive, but for those of you who don't know, Twitch is a free streaming service with the option for paid subscriptions. While we know the PWHPA is not a league, the Dream Gap games have been exclusively on cable, and in my opinion, have not always been marketed in the most effective ways. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the episode, Chanel and I are going to give you a brief overview of the landscape of women's professional hockey in North America, from the CWHL to the PHF, which used to be called the NWHL, and then the PWHPA. So Chanel, start us off. PHF is a women's professional ice hockey league located in the United States and Canada. The league was established in 2015 with four teams and has since grown to six. The Boston Pride, the Buffalo Buttes, the Connecticut Will, Metropolitan Rivers, the Minnesota Whitecaps, and newly the Toronto Six. The league is the first women's professional hockey league to pay its players. The CWHL was a women's hockey league established in 2007 as a Canadian women's senior league in the greater Toronto area, Montreal, and Ottawa. The league eventually expanded into Alberta, as well as teams in China and the United States throughout its tenure. The league discontinued operations in May of 2019 after 12 seasons. For most of its existence, it was the highest level women's hockey league in North America, while registered as an amateur association. The National Women's Hockey League launched as a rival organization while also paying its players, but both leagues competing for the same talent. The CWHL began playing its players a stipend during its last two seasons before it folded. So after the folding of the CWHL in 2019, a group of women's hockey players banded together to create the PWHPA, or the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, with a star-studded cast of players like Kendall Coyne Schofield, Hillary Knight, Marie Philippe Plant, and Sharon Sabados. The roughly 175 players plus organization created the Dream Gap Tour in order to fill what was, well, originally meant to be a one year void without a pro league. Although we're now in 2021 and we still don't have a professional pro league that they're seeking. So the tour is filled with community engagements events, skills exhibitions, and hockey clinics for young kids. And their mission statement explains their purpose of the Dream Gap Tour as such, quote, there currently is not a league that consistently showcases the best product of women's hockey in the world. 
pays its players a living wage, and has the infrastructure to set the game up to succeed. Such a league would represent an important step in closing the dream gap between young boys and girls. A young boy can lace up his skates and imagine himself circling the ice in his favorite professional team's jersey as the crowd chants his name. He dreams it because he's seen it countless times. There is no realistic equivalent for aspiring female hockey players to imagine their futures. The league the PWHP is looking for is one that pays their players a living wage, offers resources such as healthcare, and has the infrastructure available to maintain economic viability long-term. And it's a league that the PHF is attempting to be, but it's unlikely that any professional women's hockey league achieves long-term success anytime soon without the NHL. All of this is extremely complicated by the PWHPA's relationship with the NWHL or the PHF. They're complicated in so many different ways as they've disagreed since the inception of both of them. And although they do need the help together with the NHL, they also need to be able to work cooperatively together to help make this movement forward. A hundred percent. And honestly, when it comes to the NHL, expecting more involvement from them to provide some stability for the league while the league works to achieve financial independence isn't out of the realm of possibility or precedence in North American sports. Other professional women's sports leagues have achieved the same success women's hockey has been looking for. The WNBA and the NWSL are great examples, but the difference is that the WNBA and the NWSL were developed alongside the NBA and MLS and USA Soccer respectively, which makes total sense. There's mutual financial benefit to be had between jointed men's and women's teams. And quite frankly, there's tons of European examples within hockey itself for the NHL to choose from, like the KHL and their women's league, the WHL, or the Swedish Hockey League's men's and women's teams. <laughs> That's right. You can watch William Eklund on the men's Jurgardens team and watch the women's Jurgardens team as well, which I highly recommend. The SHL is great. I love their teams. When talking about the relationship between the men's and the women's in these professional settings, it's clear that the NBA has done a better job when it comes to promoting the WNBA. Now, that is obviously a different story because the WNBA is funded by the NBA, but we see little to no participation among player support when it comes to the NHL and the women's leagues as a whole. I think this is also complicated by the relationships between both of these businesses, frankly, and it doesn't give those players motivation to want to show their support one way or another because it gets them in hot water with either side. And I think that that is also impeding their support and their future. For sure. It's clear from everything that you're saying and what we've seen so far that the NHL is already involved in women's hockey on all levels. It's just really unclear as to how. I mentioned the 2017 U.S. Women's National Team boycott earlier, which is a tale we don't have time to get into today. Uh, but the short version of events is that in 2017, the U.S. Women's National Team, one of the most successful international teams in history, having won either gold or silver in every major tournament, excluding, of course, a single bronze medal in the 2006 Olympics, which is still, like, obviously amazing. But anyway, they decided to boycott USA Hockey just 16 days ahead of the double IHF World Championships in 2017. It was a long time coming. 
The team had disagreed over payment terms since 2000 with USA Hockey, but enough was enough and they were seeking equal support. And equal support means like equitable medical resources, coaching, travel accommodations, that sort of thing to their, (laughs) I hate to say it, but much lower ranked male counterparts. USA Hockey tried to assemble a B team. It didn't work. They tried to get youth hockey players. They said, no, it was a whole mess. Uh, (laughs) But eventually, um, you know, the USA Hockey and the US Women's National Team came together. They settled terms. However, it was rumored that behind the scenes, the NHL stepped in and potentially helped very quietly to negotiate terms. Although to what extent, we're not really sure. And some NHL teams have promoted PWHPA hubs and or have hosted PWHPA showcases like the Calgary Flames, who've been really outspoken supporters of the PWHPA. However, other NHL teams have working relationships with PHF teams, either now or in the past, like the Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Whitecaps. And the NHL has promoted the national teams, the members who were almost all PWHPA members, if not all of them, during NHL All-Star Games, albeit like half-heartedly, but that's a whole other conversation. As you can see, even the NHL feels like it's been a complicated task to show their support one way or another. And even as recently during the bubble that the NWHL had, there were showings of teams that had partnering or mirroring, I guess, teams that would, you know, pay to put their players into the stands to show support. So, I mean, they don't even really know how to do it without ruffling feathers between each league. And I think that that complicates things to a whole when both leagues want the backing of the NHL and they want, you know, basic support and everything, but we don't know how to begin that process. And without that, we seem to be in a sort of stagnant situation. I feel like I hear the same thing all the time when it comes to women's pro hockey. People say, why can't they just get along? Why can't the PWHP and PHF just sit in a room together and figure it out. It's honestly one of the most frustrating things I hear. And I know you've heard it too. What's your immediate take on that opinion, Chanel? I definitely feel like I used to be in the boat and I've probably even said it recently because it just seems like such a simple concept. We both want the same things. Why does it have to be so complicated? It's for the greater good of women's sports and all these basic, you know, buzzwordy type conversations. But it's so much more complicated than that. And I think this, you know, almost 10 years or plus of this situation, having got to no resolution, shows that there's a lot of stuff that the basic hockey fan, such as myself, really just does not have the bandwidth to understand. And I think until we get, you know, mutual support or just any type of support from, you know, men's hockey or or the structure of the game itself, I don't think we can move to this point where we can come together and really, you know, let bygones be bygones. But until that happens, I don't know what we're going to do. I agree. It does seem so simple, but there is one problem. The NHL has no interest in creating their own professional women's league while the PHF exists. And that's a position they've had for, unfortunately, a really long time. With the competing organizations, uh, you know, the PHF, which is a league, the PWHPA, which isn't a league, but is advocating for one, they're dividing players, resources, consumers, sponsors, and the NHL, which leaves us with a really hard to answer question. 
what does the future of women's hockey look like? So I'm going to turn it over to you, Chanel, because <laughs> you're a special guest today and you're my friend, so I can put you on the spot. What does the future of women's hockey look like to you? I think because of a lot of situations that we've been recently as, as viewers of the NHL, it seems like things have to fall apart before they can get better. And while I have hopes that both of these leagues can sustain themselves on their own, it doesn't really look like that's something that is possible, especially given the way the CWHL folded and the complicated history between both these leagues. I just think that it's going to get worse before it can get better, which sounds like a really pessimistic view. But I think, you know, even from the weird times we've experienced recently that our priorities have shifted a little bit. And hopefully with these new found realizations and just more time to really think about what's important, we might get closer to a resolution before things fall apart. But I think all of that remains to be seen. Definitely. I like that optimistic approach. I think we need to hold on to it because it really is such a complicated future ahead with no real idea of what's going to be happening. Whether or not the NHL will become more involved remains to be seen, but the league's hesitancy to do so has affected other governing bodies as well, which just further complicates an already really messy situation, right? USA Hockey and Hockey Canada are supporting partners of the PWHPA, meaning they serve as liaisons for some assets and insurance policies for the players who play for the national teams, but they provide no financial support to the organization for the most part. And most of the NHL's biggest sponsors are taking the NHL stance in order to prevent overstepping market boundaries on the NHL, instead of buying in entirely to a largely untapped market. Some companies like Adidas are beginning to get more involved, although to a lesser degree. But greater investment outside the NHL is needed, which is why it's so awesome that ESPN Plus has secured a deal with the PHF to broadcast their games live this season. And it all has to do with salary caps, which if you've been following the Tampa Bay Lightning on the NHL side, you're probably very familiar with what the salary cap means. But when it comes to women's hockey, it's the most important part to achieving a financially stable and successful women's pro league. So TV rights and streaming deals are the greatest source of revenue for the NHL and most likely the PHF now with this deal. And it's true of most, if not all, major sports leagues. First of all, they're huge packages worth a ton of money. So it's a big upfront payout, plus the fact that fan interest and consumption ups ratings, which not only impact the salary caps by turning fan participation and viewership into money through things like ticket sales, merchandise sales, etc., but it also financially justifies the broadcasting of the sport itself for major sports media and broadcasting agencies. Streaming rights packages like the ESPN Plus deal with the PHF are a big deal for a reason. Because greater buy-in from sponsors, sports media, and the NHL help raise the salary caps for teams, which in turn increase the amount of money teams can spend on advertising and other types of media publicity and public outreach. They can increase living wages for players and staff, buy better equipment and resources, more optimal ice time, travel costs, the list literally goes on forever. And that's not even touching upon the legitimization or the value of the eyes it's getting on women's hockey from those primarily who've never seen it before because it was previously harder to find 
and almost exclusively streamed on Twitch or other services that you had to seek out yourself. Chanel, why is it so important from a culture perspective now that women's hockey, whether it be the PHF or the PWHPA, is viewed on the same platform as the NHL, like ESPN Plus? Well, we've kind of said it before, but if you can see it, you can be it. And I think that although that sounds like a really cute, cliche thing to say, I think it really does hold some merit and some value when it comes to the future of women's hockey. I think that if a little girl is watching, you know, TV and happens to turn on the game and sees Hillary Knight, you know, doing her thing, it's kind of impossible to not feel some sort of magical moment where you can picture yourself doing that if you're a little girl watching the sport. And I think that obviously you're going to find some crossover if games are played back to back and you're watching, you know, an NHL game and in the matinee game maybe, and then right afterwards is a women's hockey game. I feel like maybe you might watch that right afterwards because most fans of the sport are just fans of the sport. doesn't matter who's playing it. People who've never seen women's hockey before are really shocked by what they see most times, which is both sad and really important at the same time, because people like you and I know that these this is, you know, nothing new. I mean, we have legends like Cami Granado running around in the NHL now. So, I mean, it's it's only a matter of time once you start broadcasting these games on similar networks. And I think that you know, having it on a free service like Twitch from the PHF's perspective is really, really awesome. And it's given it such a different level of exposure that I don't think even a lot of us can comprehend based off what that service does for free. So I think the exposure and everything is is important because it normalizes female figures in the game. And, you know, that destigmatizes a lot of the cultural just mess that's been created and perpetuated over the last couple of years. I wish there was a set path forward for professional women's hockey league in North America. But as we look ahead and work towards creating a sustainable future for everyone in hockey, I want to leave you with this. So prior to writing about the San Jose Sharks, I covered women's hockey and other women's sports at the Sports Shot, which has since merged with the Women's Sports Alliance. That's not the important part. But through that, I had the wonderful opportunity to speak to both PHF and PWHPA players and things like media availability and press conferences. And I once asked Kendall Coyne Schofield about what advice she had for a little girl in hockey. And she said this, and I've never forgotten it. And this is what I want you all to take away from this episode. She said, quote, there are going to be people who tell you you don't belong or you don't see people who look like you, or you don't see the path or the vision. I want a young girl to know that she has a place in the sport and she can make a living doing it, just like her brother, just like her teammate who's a boy, just like anybody, end quote. And so it's up to us, as hockey fans, hockey journalists, everyone who's in the sport, whether you're a player or a fan or whatever, it's, us, it's up to us to create the future, if not for ourselves, then for the next generation. I couldn't have really said that better myself. And I think just on a personal note, Kat and I have talked about, you know, I have a niece and we both kind of see ourselves as future hockey moms. And 
we really do hold on to this hope that there will be some sort of sustainable women's hockey league or federation or whatever they end up calling it in our lifetime because we just love hockey as it is and well not necessarily as it is from a cultural standpoint but you guys know that's what the whole freaking podcast is about um but from the other angle we really do hope for a better future for this situation and you know it does come down to some you know leveling of opinions and kind of forgetting about this complicated history we've created for ourselves because at the end of the day we will actually have to come together to compromise to build a relationship with you know maybe the NHL or maybe someone else who will help us sustain the sport from a, a female player perspective or just you know any outside of the man <laughs> landscape um <laughs> But truly, we really hope that this is something that comes together in our lifetime. And as we said, for not necessarily for us, but for the next generation. If you want to get in touch with us, all contact information will be listed in the description box of this episode. You can shoot us an email, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and find us on Feed of Finn at SB Nation. And of course, be back next Monday for a brand new episode. 